Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, artists, to the Lucky Die. Previously, Laffy makes a decree Ral makes friends with the butterflies, Squash casts a ritual by the book, and Zoltana naps in the sand. Finding themselves in a meadow of Cicero, the team solve a potentially explosive puzzle without the explosion. Now within the tomb proper, they were greeted with a blank canvas, a paintbrush, but no paint. After painting the love of his life, Laffian leads the team away from his artistic masterpiece further into the mausoleum. Why choose a tomb within a plane of the dead? What lessons are these puzzles supposed to teach? And what other tolls will have to be paid in order to proceed? I guess we're about to find out. Welcome back to the Lucky Die. doesn't go down particularly far and at the very bottom of it you find just a small square room um you know probably 10 feet by 10 feet and there is a, a passageway a doorway ahead of you like there is no door in it it's just like you you see a doorway and there is a long 100 foot corridor that goes straight ahead of you through this doorway and then seems to come to an end and maybe turn right just in front of you in this tiny room, you see that there is a small kind of square, um, something anyone could stand on, and it's raised up very, very slightly. On the left-hand side, you see an inscription carved into the wall. To open the door, a gift, if you wouldn't mind. All of your items, or leave someone behind. Okay. All of our items, or leave someone behind. Yes. Uh, that's, that's, that's what it says. Rolex, sadly, at his wine. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't like either option. No. Okay, when, when it says all of your items, does that mean, like, our weapons? I don't know, Sultana. I'm assuming it's gonna want us to go borderline naked. Yeah, clothes are items. There's there's a little scription of a person underneath. They're wearing clothes, but not armor. I want to make this very clear: nobody is getting naked. Damn it, B! Oh. Why do you ruin all my fun? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to be naked. <laughs> the room turns into a beach. This is the secret beach episode. Oh no, you just had it. You had a room full of sand. That was your secret beach episode. <laughs> Painting on the beach, I how mean, romantic. Zoltana did lie in the sand, so. <laughs> if someone's here, can you get them out after you're done with the trials? 
Yeah, I'm very, I'm like vaguely worried that that if if we do this and we leave all our, our armor and our weapons, first of all, Kellen one's gonna kill me if I leave him. Well, maybe I bring him because he's not really an item; he's a person. <laughs> I'll consider that. Kellen Morn gets to wear clothes too, then. Arguably, <laughs> a that- sheath. <laughs> <laughs> That may also mean you could just leave Kaladin one here and then we could just go on. No. No. <laughs> I, I am going to assume I will consider that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I am assuming that Kaladin and Tio are both like Schrodinger's item. Like they are both a person and an item can until I, either is decided. Can I, can I just leave Karuna here? <laughs> Uh, well, Karuna left. I think you have Alecto. Oh, can I just leave Alecto here? Stay. <laughs> Good dog. I mean, you did leave Karuna far behind. Karuna, where you at? I- I'm just going to say I will consider it and you can try. That's all I'm going to say. Try leaving Alecto then? I don't think we're going to need a mount anytime soon. Uh, Alecto, sit. Sit on the platform. Electo kind of appears as if from nowhere. Uh, <laughs> that set off my fucking Alexa. <laughs> uh, your your newish companion, with whom you have formed a kind of bomb uh, bond, sorry, kind of appears from your shadow uh, because she's not been around. Uh, kind of appears from your shadow and just looks at you looks down at the thing and I would like you to make an animal handling check please let's see how we do 18 she pads over to the square and you see it depressed a little bit and she just see her just like sitting down with her head on her paws she doesn't look happy about the situation I am gonna reach into my pack grab a ration Walk over and feed her a ration and give her pets and tell her she's a good girl. <laughs> uh, remember to strike one off of your rations, please. <laughs> yep, I had 12. Now I have 11. Perfect. Okay, um, you can see if this works. Um, you just hear like mechanical clicks and clunks from underneath her. Yep. Is the door open? Uh, the hallway still continues extending forward and then turns right at the end. We go. Okay. You walk along the corridor. You turn right and it goes on for another 100 feet. You go forward. You turn right and it begins to go upwards at a very steep angle for another 100 foot. At the top, it flattens out and goes right for another 100 foot. And in front of you, you see an open door. We go in cautiously. Cautiously making you find yourself in a square room. <sighs> Much like the room that you first entered in, this room is very lush. It's very royal. It has, you know, you walk into a room and you think, oh, this is too posh for me. This is how this feels. I'm mostly for laughing. This is normal. Um, but for the rest of us, it's awkwardly posh. Um the walls are painted a very kind of dark teal colour. The floor is a, a matching carpet with little speckles of white all over it in a pattern. The walls have a variety of paintings on them. Um, you can see that there is a painting of a person engulfed in what looks like a fireball. Um, I guess for us, it looks like they're walking away from an explosion. Um, it just looks rad as shit. Um, you see that there is another picture of a mermaid who is sitting sadly on a rock um, looking out to sea. Um, and you can see in like the corner just kind of like notes on a melody coming from a ship very far away in this picture. You can also see what looks like a giant that has been shrunk down to the size of a halfling and a halfling um, uh, shrunk. Expanded? What's the opposite of shrink? Grown? Yeah. Enlarged to the size of a of a goliath. I didn't want to hit it too on the nose, but. <laughs> um, and you also see a picture of a door, um, which is roughly the same size and shape of a door but it's painted um and that's what you got i don't understand this room so make small things big and big things small 
The only one here that can do that is you. Uh, and I only learned it like two days ago, so... Um, three days ago? Fireball, uh, I don't think... I don't, I don't know. I don't understand this. This, like, is there like something on the floor? Uh, carpet. Um, <laughs> anything under the carpet? Sorry, I'll be, I'll be a little bit more useful. I'm sorry. Um, as you kind of approach um, each of these pictures and you have a bit more of a solid look around, you can see that the picture of the fireball and someone walking away from it. Um, underneath there is like. You know, like, hey, I have like a description or a name of a of a of a painting and the artist. Um, this is just like an extortionate amount of fire. Like, this is kind of what it's trying telling you. And the the thing at the bottom just says, "Burn my canvas away." Um, the giant to small is literally just written giant to small or small to giant. And the very last one is sing to appease the mermaid. Just they're just written on the bottoms. Okay. Uh... Well, I can do one of those three. I burn the canvas. With? Pull out a tinderbox. I I try to light the canvas of the fireball. Wasn't there a giant fire? Nope, just a picture of a fire. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Well, when you pull out your tinderbox, Squash just kind of like waves his hand. Uh, do you want me to do it? If Do you want to do it? I, I mean, just trying to help. Sure. Go, no, go ahead. Fireball plus create uh, control flames. Squash is going to try mm-hmm. to set the thing on fire. Yep. Magic fire does the trick. Um, apologies, but your tinderbox would have done dickle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like the, the magical flames go out and they just... How much damage do you do? You do? 1d8. Uh, actually... Fireball is a D10. Yeah, and it's also going up because I'm a higher level. 3D10. Yeah. All right, so that's 14 damage. <clears throat> um. Yeah, you look like you definitely scorch and are making an impact upon the canvas itself, but it's not burning away completely. Okay, that's peculiar. Uh, Keep let going. me try again. 18 points of fire damage. Are these cantrips? Yes. All right. Um, after a few blasts of the firebolt, um, eventually you do enough damage to the canvas itself that the whole thing erupts. And behind it, you see what looks like a small indentation in the wall. And you see kind of like the shaft, like the, the, the long part of a key. Mystic hand. Pick it up. <laughs> Your mystic hand goes in. There's a huge fire. No, um, you just reach in. I like, believe with your it. Mystic hand, and it pulls out the kind of very small piece of metal. Put that on the floor for now, just by the by the door. <laughs> um. Okay. okay. Uh. Oh, wait a minute! I have an idea. Why did Squash, you say that? You... Like you were reading a script? No. <laughs> Squash, um, do your grow shrink thing. Um, that is a. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes. You're right. small, so maybe make yourself big. Okay. Yes, I am going to make myself big, and I'm going to cast enlarge on squash. Okay, that happens. Squash. I think that either doubles your size for it, you because it makes you a medium creature. So you're yeah. about six, six and a bit feet tall. Um, you're kind of at eye level with at least Lafian and Ral now. Um. Really, you look yeah. like a human. Yeah, the floor is further away. <laughs> Except for the... Uh, no, because he still has the kind of... The slightly um, tapered ears. Could pass for a uh, half-elf almost. Okay. Uh, Grab the portrait. Smash it. Uh, which one? Ah! The one with the giant, not giant. <laughs> Squash is going to reach Squash up smash. and try to, <laughs> try, try to take the painting of the wall, the one of the giant. Yep, uh, you because you are you appear bigger than you are. Um, you manage to grab hold of the and it pick it up, and yeah, just behind it there is another indent, and there is the head of a key. Mystic hand. I, gently... I, I so want to do it with my hands, but yeah. <laughs> you try to reach um, with your hand, the mystic hand comes out of nowhere. Psh, no, uh, I, I 
when I, when I conceived of that one, I honestly thought like three um, three halflings in a trench coat just <laughs> look bigger than they are. That was my <laughs> stupid shit. Um, okay. Okay, I have an idea for the singing one. And okay. Lafian reaches into his bag of holding Ooh. and pulls out Rowena's book and opens it up and aims it at the portrait of the, the <laughs> mermaid. Brawl makes a uh, drum beat for it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear an upbeat dwarven drinking song. It is something that Sultana would recognize, and it is kind of bawdy. Um, it is kind of, not exactly lewd, but it is it is dancing along that line. It's raunchy. Um, and it's raunchy, yes. Um, oh, this and is Bogram's her- favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Somewhere in the world, Bogram is sneezing. <laughs> but, uh, I think someone's talking about me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like a, a genuinely happy dwarven drinking song. Um <laughs> And as that, I love that. That's a that's a good callback. Um, as that happens, you see the mermaid in the picture twist and turn. You see her features look at you, and you see her kind of like reach into like sort of like behind her, and she presents forward a the kind of like the the locking part of the key, the important part of the key. Teeth. And as she pushes it forward, it pops out of the canvas and falls to the floor. Use the mystic hand to put the pieces together. It's important. Is the book still open and is the song still going? Actually, would you have? Would you think Lafian, Prince of Elves, would have heard a very raunchy dwarven drinking song? Probably, considering he did spend some time in uh, Darkhammer, mm. since he was buddies with. Uh, Princess Rowena, Rowena. yeah, but she, I mean, she was still queen when you met her, just like a a queen with her queendom being held. Yeah, queen to be held. Trust. Yeah. I will Um, leave that up to you because I I definitely would have been around dwarves. I don't know whether or not that's something I would have been aware of. I I don't think so because I don't think Rowena, as your kind of guardian for a bit, um, would have taken you to a bawdy drinking place um, as part of your education about the dwarves. (laughs) There would have been noble shit that happened, (laughs) whether she liked it or not. Drinking Um, is a part of dwarven culture. Yeah, but not the kind of gross ass songs that are being sung here um i'm gonna say no um for those of you who do know this song i um bogram's favorite drinking song and sultana would definitely know this you don't think you have much left on this song before it will stop okay um what did it say this song's not gonna be much longer oh shit um okay moving quickly uh raw starts doing minor illusion and picks it up to where it'll loop when it ends and it's i think it, he's it's bogram's voice that he's doing and it, oh. as he's listening to it it's kind of making him sad <laughs> oh okay that's then a good that idea is fine minor illusion that is can that is sound. yeah it can do yeah um not for particularly long i think it's a minute um you can illusion sound uh through the duration um, which is one minute <laughs> yep you can do like a minute it's not longest ever but yeah you could loop this for a minute just like your favorite verse of him singing this and it's terribly out of tune (laughs) he's very drunk in it it's the only way you know this song um yeah okay cool uh in that case you don't have to leave the book behind um cool um yeah you put the key together it seems to just magically bond to each other but you can still see the lines of each individual piece and where they're connected we go Put the key in the door. <laughs> As you put the key in the door, the lock Fire itself resistance. turns from a, from a, a painting to uh, a real lock, and yeah, it opens, and the whole frame um, just swings open. Quickly pass through there. The illusory um, drunk dwarf singing finishes. Um, <laughs> that is now done. <laughs> Raoul doesn't have to feel sad anymore. <laughs> I mean, he could choose to, it's his choice. Um, You find yourself in a very simple room. Um, There is, you find yourself on a balcony 
And it's very easy to see that as you look off the side of the balcony, you can see what looks like a giant chess set. And you can see that the different coloured checkered patterns on the floor, you can see the different pieces down there. And on the balcony itself, um, there are a couple of chairs off to your right-hand side where people could sit if they wish. There is a chess set just in front of you with two chairs. On the far wall opposite, you can see that there is a very small box, a very small wooden box with a lock. And sitting in one of the chairs is a very old elven man who looks pretty close to um, Talvon in resemblance. Oh. Is he conscious? Aware? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he's not the drawn corpse that you saw in the coffin. Okay. <laughs> he is much closer, closer to the resemblance that was carved into the top of his coffin. Hello there. In a very old uh, dialect of Elven, he he says, Welcome to my Cicero. Please, whichever one of you is distant to play this game of strategy, sit down. Okay. Um. For those of you who don't understand old ancient Elvish, this is just... You have no chance of keeping up with us. I assume even laughing is like... Think, he has to think as he hears it? Yeah, basically. Like, you aren't fluent in really ancient Elvish. Uh, oh yeah, Raul you know understands. Uh, Raul understands. Sultana, you would probably also understand parts of this, um, but not like very fluently, the same as Lafian was struggle very fluently. Um, Ral, you understand everything this old man is saying. Uh, Squash, I believe you don't know Elvish. Nope. Yeah, you just hear like their musical language. Um, right, I guess uh, the rest of you take a seat over there. Wish me luck. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Lafian. You can do this. You got Lafin takes a seat. You're Isilta, right? I am, young one. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance then. Prince Lafin Dather, dear. I do not recognize that name. Perhaps my lineage has changed a lot, or perhaps other family has taken over. Likely that. A pleasure to meet you, your highness. He holds out a hand for a handshake. Yeah, he shakes back very, very like cordially and happily. He's wearing that same very plain set of robes that you saw kind of um, on the coffin, and he just has a very simple band upon his head. He looks you up and down and assesses you as he's shaking your hand, and he can tell that he is assessing the wealth that you are wearing. Um, his comments upon it entirely up to him are we to play a game then indeed what do you prefer to first or second I will take the first move then he lifts his hand above the board and the pieces spin round so that the white pieces are in front of you do you mind if I do one thing Depends upon the thing. Lafian reaches into his bag of holding and yeah. he pulls out the pieces that Raw made. Aww. Would you be all right if I swapped in a few pieces for um, memorabilia's sake? He puts a hand out and says, May I inspect the pieces? He passes them over. To remind he the looks- listeners, it's a uh, the king piece is Lafian, the bishop is Zoltana, and the knight is Rol. <laughs> I kept notes. <laughs> he looks them over, he smiles, and he kind of... You see him looking down at the chessboard below, and he smiles, and he gives you back the pieces, and he says... You seem to be missing your other companion, they were made uh, prior to full engagement of uh, our current party. 
Hmm. I'm sure we can make space for him somewhere. And you see him put his hands over the board and you see the pieces that are Lafian, Aral and Zoltana just disappear. And you see one of the rooks also disappear. You see a a very bad, badly carved version of Squash appearing in the rook version. The guy's not an artist. (laughs) He did not paint that shit upstairs. (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. Sometimes it's good to remember that the pieces we move are people and not pieces. It's very true. Very true. Um, yeah, he starts. Pl- I don't know what you want. What you want me to do here, V? <laughs> so I had a slightly different envisioning of this, but none of your companions got left behind. Um, as you move one of your pieces forward, you hear a scraping coming from the ground next to you. And as you kind of look over the edge, you see one of the rooks or whichever move you decide to do. You see that piece moving correspondence. Below the balcony. Yep. Ah, okay. You see him reach down and you just see a little flickering of magic from his hands and you see one of the pawns just like move forward and he says, It's a shame and also a mark of intelligence that you got all your companions here into this room. I'm going to assume that during the course of this that's they are playing chess because now your companions aren't downstairs. I don't need us to actually play chess. <laughs> That's up to you. No, uh, it's not needed. If your companions aren't downstairs, it's not needed. Okay. Um, your companions are not replaced uh, pieces on the board. They are metaphorically with pieces quite literally made. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just playing as as they're talking and just I don't see how it's a shame having a view a bird's eye view of the chess boards is one thing but actually being pieces on the board you learn very different thing and he moves more pieces that is true you get a very different uh, idea of the flow of battle when you're in it indeed this is going to make this much, much harder for you. Does it change the rules of the game somehow? And he indicates the box behind him. It changes as to whether you get that or not. I see. Well, there's nothing to it except to keep playing. He moves more pieces towards you. Can I have you make a perception check, please? Perception check. Mm-hmm. Oh, he cheating. 27. You notice that all all the important pi- sorry, no, I'll rephrase that. All the pieces are important. Um, <laughs> you notice that the king, the queen, one bishop one knight and one rook all seem to be made of two pieces instead of one. On his side or mine? On his side. Would seem to me that your pieces are a little bit um, peculiar. He smiles. This chessboard is the war and on the floor is the battle. It sounds to me like that this by itself then would not dictate whether I'm successful in getting that behind you. This game here, these pieces. And it indicates the ones that are clearly two pieces now that you can see it. It's obvious to you now. Um, they contain what you need to open that box. But you can only take one of them. Or, of course, you can always try and read me as a player to work out which I am protecting the most. Hmm. Is there anything stopping me from doing both? You can certainly try. 
I think he does. At some point during uh, while we're playing, uh, Lafian will call out his third eye. Sure. And he's going to see if he can have it go down to the board. As you pop your third eye, you see him raise a finger. Uh-uh. Beware of breaking that rule. You are not permitted on the ground. I see then. What about them? They are welcome to join the battle. Laughing looks to the group. Any of you care to assist me? Of course. What do you need? A view from the battlefront. Insight into which one would be the piece I need. Uh, uh, I'm not very smart, um, so I'm not sure that I'd be good for that. It's not always about smarts. Your intuition is um, flawless. Is but... it? Is it? <laughs> or did I just pull a tooth out of a dead guy and and explode no, all of us with ice? No, <laughs> you see the guy just like rub his jaw. <laughs> He's like smiling at you. <laughs> no okay. offense, Laffian's like Laffian's like mouthing to I'm him like taken. I'm so sorry. Okay, flawless was uh, maybe a bigger word that I meant to pull. Um, <laughs> you mean like the molar? Hey, <laughs> Um, Yeah, Squash is going to approach the battlefield and he's going to, like, without stepping onto the field itself, he's going to inspect and try to understand. Um, yeah, so uh, you can go up to the edge of the balcony and look mm-hmm. down upon the pieces. Um Take a perception check. This is going to be really tough. I'm not going to lie. Okay. You're not in the position that I, I personally want you in. No problem. That would be a 32. Why do I even bother? <laughs> because I rolled a 19. That's why you bothered. That was uh, almost as high as it goes. Fuck you, man. Just Some, fuck you. Sometimes roll okay. 20 likes me. Uh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't get mad at me. I failed... Four tries at the dispelling the gate three episodes ago. Yeah. I failed the intuition on Dana. I failed so many shit today on the oh, in this yeah. recording session. I made you roll the awful ones. That was that was good. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, squash. As you look down at these pieces that are moving in time with the moves on the chessboard, you can see that some of them have markings on them. Um, some of them are like very decorative, like acorns. Some of them are names. Some of them are numbers. But as you look at one particular piece, you can see just very, very faintly. Um, it's kind of very, very faintly glowing in kind of like what its hand would be. You can see that the knight is the one that has a key in their hand. I know it. Key to the people. <laughs> the game and queen means shit. <laughs> Squash is going to walk over to um, the chess table and he's going to point to a piece right next to the knight and kind of like do a little coy smile at the king and then move it over to the knight. I'm like, sorry. Uh, you can kind of see it from up here. He kind of smiles at you looks at Lafian and says, and then looks back at you and he says, Please tell him that I may not understand his word, but I do understand his action. I'll convey that at a squash then. Uh, good luck to both of you. Now, fuck him up, Lafian. <laughs> squash walks away. <laughs> I tell him the first part, not the second. As he walks past, it's like Squash walks around. He's like middle fingering the guy as he walks away. <laughs> I, I, I'm still human-sized, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. Oh my god, no. you are. No, You're still no. like the fucking height of a human. It's, it's only it's a, like minute. a minute. Nah, yeah, you'd be tiny, tiny Squash again. Um, yeah, you see that piece. Okay. Like he he points that out very obviously. Laughing then is adjusting his strategy accordingly, trying to focus in on the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's probably trying to do so in a way where he's avoiding taking too much of the of his opponent's pieces. He's trying to end the game as quickly as possible. In Laughing's mind, he's essentially trying to make it as bloodless of a war as possible. Of course. Um, the old king nods. Uh, you think he's possibly latched onto your your playstyle, and he's doing his best to outwit that. I would like you to argue a role. Okay. Okay, I'm going to argue this in a way that I... I'll lay it out so it makes sense as best I can. I'm going to argue investigation in that Lafayne is trying to essentially watch each of the pieces, map it out in his mind, and figure out where each of the pieces are moving, what the possible outcome is of each of these pieces he's moving as the game is flowing through. And then that way he can react accordingly. So kind of rather investigating the past, you're plotting out the future. Correct. (laughs) As you consider and think this through, you realize that in two moves, you probably have him. And he looks over at you and he smiles as he comes to a very similar conclusion. And you see him just put a finger on top of his king and lay it down. You play a good game. It's good to see that the game of intellect is not dead in your time. Not with how I was raised. And if it's any consolation, I plan on raising future minds to be just the same. Or better. Always aim for better. The only people who had ever beaten me were my two sons. If it's any consolation... I think my mentor may have been of your lineage. You look strikingly similar. He is. We had many deep conversations. Is he here right now? <laughs> Am I about to be pranked? He lo- like laughing looks around. <laughs> Talwin is in his own room, so to speak. His own Cicero. He's just waiting to share it with Ninverna when she arrives. And he smiles. I'm glad to hear that. Man deserves some peace after all this time. He does. Now you should take my peace and take the spoils of war. He takes the knight, goes over to the box. The peace comes apart very easily. Um... You could see why he was probably using magic to use the pe- move the pieces. It just falls apart. It's very, very delicate. Um, they're very old pieces. And you see, indeed, a very small key that is held inside it. Now I have to make sure I give you the correct information that you get out of this fucking box. Is this like Pandora's box? Am I about to unleash all of the sins upon the world uh, and then hope That's- is the only good thing? That's his masterpiece in his war. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be an op, like a reverse Pandora's box. There's a bunch of good stuff, and then you're like, oh, all the good stuff's open. Oh, and then, then Dacia pops it. out of the box. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say a butterfly just with the word horny on it floats away, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I've no, unleashed horny upon the world. No. I've destroyed it. <sighs> he... You reach out and you can very easily open this box. Like you undo the lock very easily and it comes off in your hand. Do you want to just open the box? Yeah. He's a Good. Su- I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, you pop open the box and inside you see that they, the box is lined with a kind of light blue-ish uh, kind of velvet. And inside lays a very tightly wrapped up scroll with um, the kind of wax seal of it. And on the wax seal is written brain trial. Just very simple, very easy. But the root, the, the scroll itself, even the outside part of the scroll is covered in so many runes. 
There's no way you can understand all this magical runes. This is far beyond your magical knowledge. Uh, you can recognize a few as protection. You might recognize even a few from the various binding spells that you have seen perform. This thing just gives off an aura of magic. It is so strong and so potent. It's very much being like around a god or a goddess or a deity. It's such a strong magical feeling that comes from this singular scroll. Okay. I'm going to assume that this probably has the thing so that we become the thing. I'm going to... He, like, very gingerly picks it up. (laughs) Uh, It feels very fragile, Um, like the paper itself um, feels pretty fragile. And, yeah, holding on to it, it's like having your hand on an electric wire. It is so strong. Um, okay. Uh, do I have, um, what would be a good wrapping for it? <laughs> the the box, maybe. Am I allowed to take the box? <laughs> the I don't want to be. contained all this strong ass magical. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy and just be like, I'm taking all your shit. He doesn't have a use for it once you take the, it's the shit that holds the shit. If you take the shit out of it, I don't need it anymore. No, that's a good idea, though. If I can take the box, then he'll take the whole box, close it back up. Yeah, as soon as you do that, you all of you stop feeling this like strong magical presence. Like it's just whew, shut down. Okay, he puts that in the bag of holding. Yes, you can absolutely do that. Put down scroll of question mark or whatever it is you want to put it down as whatever note you have. This is important. Please don't lose this somewhere in your notes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, scroll of holy shit magic. Holy shit, it's magic. Yeah, that one. Um, also, when he puts that in the bag of holding, he just kind of says, somewhat out loud, somewhat to himself, just, whatever specters are hanging out around us right now, for the love of God, God that with your undead lives. Gods. That's it, just. You just um, see Dajun's hand like reach up out of the back and pull it. Wish that middle finger pulls out <laughs> down the scroll with him. Yeah. Oh, that would be some shit. Um, you wouldn't recognize Dajun from a hand. <laughs> wouldn't I? No, re- it's a hand. It's but I mean, it flip, stuck in the flip off. Fl- yeah, that's what I was going to say. But if it flips us off, we know. <laughs> I don't know. Any other humans you pissed off recently? Not in the stocking. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yep. Yep. I get okay. my pieces back. I, I do want those you back. You get your pieces back. Um, Can I take the, the you squash have... one? Uh, yeah, he doesn't need it. Can I? Is it all right if I have the the squash? He shrugs his shoulders. Like it's not as finely crafted as the others, but sure. I appreciate it either way. I apologize. For not capturing your likeness. He kind of looks down at Squash Boy here. He's just incoherent babbling. I translate. <laughs> I think it got me pretty well. Translates that. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you know what it's like. Um, he smiles and says, If you follow me, I can get you back to wherever your collective starting point is. So... Bit of a question for you, because we only came here from the first door. There were other doors. Yes, there are other doors. Other places that you can access through those doors. Any idea where they go? Some of them will be people you know, or people you're searching for. That's helpful. We kind of have two other things we need to do while we're here, so... Sometimes they lead to random places. Sometimes they lead you to the rest of Cicero, where folks are learning how to become more powerful, stronger, to aid in serving Bikrun more than they already have. For some of us, we just wanted rest. I, of course, guarded the scroll. And he points, well, where your bag of holding is. Wonderful. Uh... Lead the way. 
If you'd like, I can tell you more of, uh, of home. How things are now. Time is still moving on on your physical plane. As far as I can tell, they are moving in time. With you. And it's not accelerated. Unlike usual. And he kind of like looks a little... Un- not entirely sure 100% of what he's saying. He says... You must move quickly. Understood. I would love to catch up, but now it's not the time. Perhaps when I pass on one day, but... Of course. Um, He kind of walks over to the door, puts his hand on it, and you see like a faint kind of yellowish glow, and he pushes the door. And what you can see on the other side of the door is the four of you, what you can see is the corridor that was in uh, that you first arrived in. Oh, that was fast. Um. <clears throat> I've been here for a long time. I've learned how to manipulate the pathways. Okay. Um, I thank you. You're all very welcome. I knew I had to save the scroll for you. And now I can rest. Good luck. Oh. Okay. Um, we need to get going. Sultana, where are we supposed to go for your thing? Oh, that's a good question. Do I know? Um, you know that there is a spell that is kept under guard, um, and it's a spell that would separate Kalimorn from the sword. You know that once the soul has been separated from the item, it needs to be housed somewhere, i.e. in a vessel or a vase or something. You also know that you need a blood of someone who is kin to Kalimorn. So there are two kind of quests left here in Cicero. One is to get the spell for Kalimorn so that you can separate him from the sword. And the other is to recruit the armies of Cicero if you want to do that. We kind of have to. That's part of Marnak's thing that we're supposed to be helping with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Well, maybe we one have... lead to the other. <laughs> yeah. We have tens of doors to check out in this hallway. Do we just. We have one, two, three, four. Raw opens the door across the hallway from them directly. So the right <laughs> one from when we, when we went in. That would be. So the, the right church. one from when you arrived. Yes. Yes, correct. It is the temple one. Um, Ral, you're opening this? Um, What are you thinking about when you open this door? Well, V, Mm -hmm. that's a good question because I, you know, (laughs) I've just been sitting here listening to uh, Balance (laughs) and uh, this dude. So... (laughs) um, It will be... Whatever you are thinking about when you open this door will affect whomever or whatever is on the other side. We were just discussing out loud so that Ral could hear it, that we're trying to find the armies of Cicero and also the scroll for Caladmorn. Yeah. Very, very vocal about that. Yeah, but he doesn't have like an imagination that like pictures Caladmorn or anything, you know? He, all right, yeah. so maybe, maybe just army. sword. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I I do think that Ama in him has been on his mind a lot because this is kind of one of those like, oh, this is where we might end up one day type things. And that explorative nature is still about him as he goes through and opens uh, doors. Okay. If you're thinking about Ama and about the nice places that Cicero appears to be right now. You find yourself in a small village. The roofs are thatched on these tiny little one-story cottages. There's loads of them. It's a a big village. You can see that off to one side there is a blacksmith and a bit further along you can see a school. A bit further along still you can see a temple and an inn. There's lots of sounds of people laughing and working from kind of ahead of you. You can see there's like a little pig pen off to one side and there's some pigs like honking around in the dirt. There's no, there's not a lot of people here, just a couple here and there. Hmm. Uh, Raw goes in and 
looks behind him. Uh, if you look behind you, you can see rolling hills. Um, but they kind of like, they go up so high that you can't see the other side of them. Again, looking back, like this expanse goes around the door. But if you look through the door itself, you can see, like, still see the corridor that everybody else is in. Um, that's what you see behind you. And then the four of you hear a voice. Oh my God. Raal? Do I recognize this voice? Do I recognize this voice? I need Lafian, Raal, and Zoltana to roll history okay. checks. Squash, there is no way that you okay. would know this. Okay. Well, you might know the place, but you wouldn't know the person calling no, it. No, no, sorry. I thought this was somebody else. <laughs> Alright, who did you think it was? I ain't saying shit. Okay, right. I got In a case 13. Right. <laughs> uh, 14. Five. That, that makes nothing but sense. <laughs> on a five, you don't really... You're focusing a little bit much on the surroundings that you don't really pick out the voice so much. Um, but for Raal and for Lafian you hear a voice that you've only ever heard in pain before and that you've only ever heard through a memory and that memory was Caden's memory the memory of the night that Taylor's was born the voice you hear is Taylor's mum oh no oh my god uh, well like turns around kind of surprised um she looks for, yeah, healthy, a little thinner than she was when you last saw her. She's not in pain. She's not sweating. She's not unhappy or in pain. She looks happy and content. And you can see her face is definitely an older version of Taylor's. All bit slightly different. The eye, eye color is slightly different. The hair color is slightly odd. But there is no doubting that this is Taylor's mom. Hi, um, she kind of like rushes over to you and just grabs you in like a big bear hug. Oh. <laughs> How many oh. broken ribs? <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Oh. <laughs> She's not that strong. <laughs> Raw hugs back. Clearly, Thank like you. this was a surprise. <laughs> He's kind of like shaking. Is the, like you know this was weird, um, but he's holding it together. I think. Hi, how do you recognize me? Uh, she pulls back a little bit and she says, Sometimes I get flashes of Talus and she sees you. And I know that she loves and adores you. <laughs> and I know that you and Lafian, I don't remember him well, but you helped Caden. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, hugs her again. Uh, she like hugs Rao really tightly and then like as she lets go she kind of still has like an arm around your shoulder and she looks at the the three of you like in the hallway and she's like you must be Lafian and you're Zoltana she talks a lot about you you're Talos's idol and I think you're Mr. Squash yeah <laughs> just Squash though <laughs> No. First name, mister. It's good that she has manners. <laughs> Don't do this to me, Lafian. Don't do what? Um. <laughs> Mr. Squash. <laughs> Come on in. Please, make yourself comfortable. Let me take you back to our place. Just, wow. <laughs> I didn't expect to see you. Neither did I. What are you all doing here? Um, looking for some things. Can I get an insight check real quick first? Just considering all the crazy shit he had to do before. Are you inciting Taylor's mom? Yes. Okay. You don't even know her name, man. I don't! <laughs> Actually... Some of you do, but yes. <laughs> Wants to try to get a read on her aura from a dead person. Dead, not dead. I don't fucking know. 
I don't know. This is weird. V laughing doesn't know how to deal with this. It's beautiful. I'm loving this chaos. <laughs> 26. Is she about to lure us to trying? some death trap? You're basically just seeing whether she has any ill intent towards you. Is this? Yeah. Like, is like, what the fuck is going? She doesn't have ill intent towards you. She's in Cicero inviting the people who saved uh, her husband and is looking after her child in some strange ways. There were traps in the other room she that were going to kill us. She wants to make nice. Yeah, but <laughs> she has no ill intentions. That was in the part of Cicero designated to kill us. Okay. <laughs> but there was also a part of Cicero where fucking Squash got designated stuck. Designated kill zone. Squash got stuck in a place. And it's wasn't My trust of Cicero so far is not that high yet. <laughs> Why don't you come on in? I'll make you something to eat. If any of us can help you, we will. Come on. Us? Yes. There's quite a few of us from the village here. Talus's grandparents? Do we get to meet Talus's grandparents? Unfortunately not. They're not here. No. Oh. My parents decided to go to Bellum. Oh, bold choice. All right. Yeah, they were strong fighters. And my mother could wield a blacksmith's hammer the same as any proficient swordmaster. She was quite fierce. Come on, let's eat. Hey everyone, it's V here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We got one of the trials done. Woohoo! So they did really well. I didn't want another fight fight and it didn't quite go the way I thought that it might, but we all did really well and I was so proud of everyone. So good job. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I want to say a thank you to Albert, who did the voice of the king in this episode. Um, I know him. He made the mistake of telling me he was an actor. So he came to our recording studio here and, and got those lines out. So um, I want to say a big thank you to him. Albert's a, Albert's a good one. I also want to do a huge thank you to the newer patrons that we have. Um, Yasmin, Try Save Me, Joseph Calderwood, and Sarissa. Thank you so much for basically helping us keep this podcast alive and going and, and financed. Um, we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. You're going to hear an ad for a podcast called Billowing Hilltop. Yep, that looks like the one we have scheduled for this week. So um, hang around and stick out to listen to those. Our call to action this week, um, I'm actually going to shout out Neil. Um, holy crap, the music right there at the end um, in Taylor's mum's kind of Cicero. The beautiful music and then the Taylor's theme coming in just destroyed me. So everyone please go and tell Neil how amazing he is. Neil, don't cut this out. Don't You cannot cut this out. Um, you did amazingly. And if you want to support Neil a little bit more directly... I'm going to point you to the Bandcamp, um, the luckydie.bandcamp.com forward slash releases, the album for like the first series, uh, a bunch of the music that Neil did back then has been like remastered and uploaded to that. So please go buy that. Any any money that's made off of that, that all just goes directly to Neil. So that's my shout out for the week. That's the call to action. Um, thank you, Albert. Thank you, patrons. Please go listening to Billowing Hilltop and go buy Neil's album. Bye. We're going to give it another go. It's a bit more, a bit more zing, a bit of zing, zing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Hello, hello. With a hello, no, no, hello. Wait, wait till I get through the whole thing. Wait till. Hello, with a billowing hilltop. Hello, hello. Oh dear, waiting to get through the whole thing. No, no, I mean, I thought that was the whole thing. The whole thing is hello with a billowing hilltop. Okay, that's the whole thing. Yeah? Okay. Okay. That was right. Uh, that pretty much sums up the show. But if you want to find out any more, you can visit us at www.blowinghilltop.com. Is it com? Does anybody know? <laughs> .org. Is it? It's .com. What do we do? What do we What do we play? There's monsters. Um, does anybody remember? Walking around. And, yeah. And we will be delighted if you to join us around our table as we play Dungeon. Is it fifth edition? Hello? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We what played Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, that was me. I what was that noise in the background? There will be noises in the background as we play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition through the classic Paizo adventure path, The Age of Worms. You can expect this. No! Oh! Quite a bit of this. Um, I'm. Com- 
completely lost. This. Bleh. This. I've got a bugbear in my underpants. And one of these. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify and we're on TuneIn and you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and we uh, hope you join us. Thanks very much. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.